Hello goddess, welcome back. I'm so happy to be back on here with you guys. So a few days ago, I had the chance to interview my good friend, Cathy Angela. So to give you a brief description of who she is, Cathy is a model, dancer and influencer based in Montreal who focuses on empowering women achieve unconditional self-love. She survived anorexia and her recovery journey has inspired thousands of people online. So me and Katzi sat down and we had a very interesting conversation and she had the chance to share her story, her message and advice to people who may be going through a similar experience. So without further ado, let's jump right in. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Hello Goddess podcast. Uh, today I have a very special guest. She is one of my best friends and uh, her name is Katzi Catherine Angela. And so Katzi, can you maybe introduce yourself to our listeners? Absolutely. Hi everybody, my name is Katzi or Katie if you're English and I am somebody who recovered from anorexia and now I promote self-love, body acceptance, and a healthy relationship with food. I do modeling. I do a lot of different things. I'm a creator on TikTok as well. And as I said, my goal is really to help people feel good in their bodies and embody their inner goddess. That's so beautiful. <laughs> um, I'm so glad that I got to have you as a guest on my podcast because I really believe that your story and your message needs to be shared to as many people possible because it's so uh, powerful and the recovery you've had is like a lot of people I think will be inspired by that. So maybe take us back and in time and maybe explain what happened um, and I'm sure a lot of people will be able to relate to your experience. Yeah, so I was a dancer my whole life. I moved to Montreal in order to be in a really good ballet school to get the training that I needed to succeed in the dance world. And when I was about 12 or 13, my body was very athletic, but it wasn't like the stereotypical skinny uh, body to be, you know, seen as a, a really good prima ballerina. So I didn't have that naturally. And when I was 13, as I said, I started going through puberty. I started getting more muscles, a little bit more fat on my body. And really quickly, you know, that was um, something that a lot of people around me noticed, aka my teachers, my dance teachers, and they weren't afraid to tell me that I had gained weight. And at first it was okay, you know, like I didn't think of it too much as a, something negative. I just kind of saw it as something neutral and I was like, okay, whatever. So I didn't do any changes, anything drastic. I just kind of said to myself that I would maybe work a little bit harder in dance class. That's it. Right. And then about a year after, I went to Vancouver for a dance training over there. And when I, it was for a whole summer. And when I came back to Montreal, I had gained a little bit more weight, which was normal. I was about like 14, 15, you know, like the peak of my womanhood. And I was like, okay, well my body changed and they told me that it changed a lot more and they asked me if I could go to a nutritionist and they basically sent me there because they made it clear that I needed to lose weight at that point. 
um, if I wanted to keep dancing and if I wanted to be basically successful. So in my brain, you know, I felt really discouraged and disappointed. And what was the biggest moment for me was, you know, realizing that I needed to cut my calories. So I did some research and that's when it started getting toxic. Um, cutting calories had become an addiction and I reduced my intake day by day until it, it was basically nothing. And I had lost a lot of weight and I unfortunately had to go in the hospital. I was in a wheelchair at that point. It got really, really bad. The anorexia was severe. Um, <laughs> And yeah, I was hospitalized and now I obviously recovered after I got out of the hospital. I worked really hard, even if I did have a really strong relapse at one point. My recovery journey has been quite positive after that relapse and I decided to share my journey. That's beautiful. Uh, so anorexia, it's eating less and less until you don't eat pretty much anything or... Um, yeah, the, the thing I want to clarify is like anorexia is not associated to any body type. You know, a lot of people, right. when they think of anorexia, they think of somebody super, super skinny. And even if that was my case, it doesn't mean that everybody who has anorexia is skinny. Anorexia, <laughs> like you said, is, is somebody who um, will starve their body <laughs> from food because of different, different, different reasons. Like for me, it was wanting to lose weight and to be accepted and to be loved. Some people it's to, uh, anorexia is, is basically rooted from a need to control. You know? Right. So it's like, it's so many different things that can fuel it. But anorexia, as you said, is basically just not eating. Not eating. It's really, really hard. Mm -hmm. So bulimia compared to that, that's more of... Bulimia is when you purge. So that can be... Right. Purging, it can be different things. Um, people often associate it with like throwing up, but it can mm -hmm. be, there's exercise bulimia, which is you never throw up ever, but you eat and you feel like you have to exercise oh, right okay. after or the day after mm -hmm. to compensate for the food that you yeah. ate. Yeah. And, um, and um, this type of bulimia, which is associated to exercise, is extremely popular. Okay. And yeah, it is. A lot of time people think it's healthy, but it's really like that addiction to burning off the calories that you ate. That is mm -hmm. a type of bulimia. Mm -hmm. And then there, obviously there's binge eating, which is yeah. when you do binge binges. Um, and there's so many different eating there's, disorders. Right. And for a while, your account was eating disorder recovery yes. girl. Yeah. But you really changed it to... What is it now? Katsi, C-A-T-I dot Angela, A-N-G-E-L-A. Um, and my old account, as you said, was ED Recovery Girl, which was really all about recovery. And now I want to be more about me, myself, my mm -hmm. other interests as well. For sure. Because I know like the experiences we go through, difficult experience, they shape us, but we don't have to completely identify to that. We are so much more than... Uh, the illnesses we've had in the past and stuff like that so um, it's very beautiful that you took your experience and now you're trying to help like you're helping so many people out there and as a friend if I can help you reach more people that makes me so happy because I know that you have a lot of knowledge to share and it's really interesting to listen to uh, what yeah. you share thank you uh, so for 
people that might be going through a similar experience, when was the moment you knew that you needed help? For me, it was only very late into the process. I experienced extreme denial (laughs) and a lot of people do actually because you don't want to change your habits you don't want to admit to yourself that you are hurting yourself it's a really hard yeah um acceptance process you know if I can be honest but for me it was when I stepped foot in the hospital and they were like telling me that I was about to die like that was you know it's harsh but it's the truth And it really, sometimes it takes a rock bottom moment for you to realize that you're not okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's true. Um, Not everybody has that extreme denial, but for me, that's what it was. And um, for example, like if anybody's struggling right now, what might trigger you to realize that you're not okay is if people come to you and they kind of introduce that topic and they ask if Mm -hmm. you're doing okay, you know, that can be another realization standpoint, but that's what it was. It was the hospital. No, I could only imagine like that moment when you realize you need help is such a, a big moment in your life. You chose yourself, you chose your health. I know that a lot of uh, industries like dance, anything in show business, uh, modeling, a lot of people suffer from eating disorders because of the agents or whatever they're telling them to look a certain way, which is not always the best uh, health-wise, you know? Yeah, it's it's normalized in these industries and that's the problem and slowly we're making progress I believe and Mm -hmm. we're accepting all types of bodies and diversity but the conversation around eating disorders within those industries needs to be much more encouraged a hundred percent yeah if I if I would have known all the information that I am I know now Mm -hmm. when I was about to start struggling I wouldn't have even been sick for two seconds. I would have grounded myself and talked myself out of it, but I had no idea. I had no resources and nobody, you know, it was so taboo. This topic of eating disorders and restriction, it was, if you even mentioned it, you know, you were automatically seen as somebody who nobody wanted to hang out with. It was just so dark and seen as something twisted that nobody wanted to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it's changing gradually and uh, raising awareness is definitely something that can help. I'm sure, like you said, like if somebody like you could go back in time and talk to the younger you, maybe you would have been through a different journey. But at the same time, like mm-hmm. it's, it's like if I could, I could go back myself to my past, I don't know if I would take away that experience because I grew a lot from it too. But still yeah. you, you don't like seeing yourself suffer other people that you love absolutely I would never take that experience away from myself from my younger self because like you said it shaped me into who I am today it helped me understand people to a whole, whole different level and that's how I got my platform you know by helping yeah. others and it's mm-hmm. a part of my purpose and if I wouldn't have lived this I would be a very different person that's that's my point yeah it's it's definitely maybe some things that are supposed to happen to help us grow and then to show other people the way and save a lot more uh, heartache on their part. Absolutely. So according to you, like the eating disorder, how does that translate to like diet culture and uh, just society's view on food in general? Mm-hmm. Well, diet culture, if anybody is not familiar with this term, is basically 
the way that we um, explain that diets are normalized. For example, you open your Instagram, you go on the explore page. I'm guaranteeing that you'll find at least one post that talks about calories or exercise or some kind of supplement to lose weight. Yeah. It's everywhere we go. It's on the billboards. It's in the TV commercials. It's on the ads that we see. It's on the posts. It's everywhere. Diets are everywhere. And it's, it's become a culture because people will even associate their identity with the diet that they're following. That's you true. Know, like, yeah. For example, I used to be vegan for years and my identity was I am vegan. I am a vegan. It is who I am. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole other topic, but some people like really go deep into that identity association with their diet, with their way of living. And eating disorders can be so similar because when you are struggling with an eating disorder, it has a very um, big attachment to your identity as a person, you know, like, mm-hmm. and when you, all you're seeing on social media is information about diets and diet culture and exercising well, it's going to fuel your eating disorder. You know, there's no way around it. So for For me, at one point, I even deleted, well, I guess temporarily deleted my social media when I was in the really, really deep rock bottom because I couldn't couldn't stand seeing so much triggers all day long. You know, I needed to just refocus my energy within myself. So it's it's everywhere and you have to be careful if you are struggling or if you know somebody who's struggling. Social mm-hmm. media can be dangerous. For sure, yeah. Because a lot of people spread misinformation and it's true in our culture, I think. Uh, we're kind of glorifying the idea of being thin mm, as awesome. the ideal body type, you know. Thankfully, we're kind of getting better at this. I, I noticed there's kind of a movement going on right now, but... Uh, it's hard, especially since a lot of people that fit that body type are struggling with disordered eating or an eating disorder, you know. So tell me a little bit more about your life right now. How has it changed in the past, like, few years? Um, it has changed quite a bit. I really had to do some inner work, deep inner healing, because when you survive an eating disorder, it's... Um, obviously not linear in the sense that your recovery can go up and down Mm -hmm. and for me I was extremely lucky that my eating disorder was a lot more like towards the up (laughs) of the mountain than going down and but it it has been you know a very gradual recovery because now I, I I consider myself fully recovered but it wasn't like that until you know about last year so for me my life has changed because obviously now i am an influencer it's my job and i'm also studying in marketing in university which is something that i love um so i kind of stepped away from an old version of myself that wanted to please others and that wanted to be perfect and skinny towards just my most authentic happiest version of myself the thing that i do have in common with me a few years ago and me right now is that I'm still dancing I'm just doing it in a much more sustainable healthy loving balanced way it's not about burning calories anymore it's about expressing myself creating art and connecting I love that that's that's what changed but at the same time it didn't change that much it's just I'm much happier and doing everything in a more mindful way Mm -hmm. 
Oh yeah, it's beautiful. And I'm sure you get a lot of opportunities in Montreal. It's such a beautiful city and a lot hap is happening over there. Um, for those who don't know, me and Katsi, we met last year when you were in Moncton. Uh, but I feel like I've known you my whole life. It's so crazy when I think about <laughs> our friendship and we've had similar experiences. I've, we both danced our whole lives. We did modeling a little bit. Well, you, you're still doing it a lot now. Um, yeah, so uh, one thing that uh, we talked about before is I struggled myself with eating. Um, I think if I were to categorize it, it would be probably in the binge cycles. Mm -hmm. Like either I, I try to exercise my calories that I, I took or um, I overeat, then I feel guilty and I, I tell myself tomorrow I'll, I'll eat better, you know. And you had suggested uh, intuitive eating as a solution. So maybe talk to us a little bit more about that. Yes, intuitive eating honestly saved my life. It's, it's so beautiful and it's the number one way to connect within your body and your, your mind. Because it's not a diet. And some people actually say that it's a diet because it's like, you know, it's like always asking yourself if you're hungry and then trying to not eat if you're not truly hungry, if that makes sense. <laughs> But intuitive eating is so much deeper because it's not just about, you know, eating when you're hungry and stopping when you're full. It's about listening. Yeah. And so many people like forget that part of intuitive eating. For example, like I wake up in the morning, I ask myself what I want to eat And then I, I just, honestly, I just do that first thing that comes to mind. I'm like, okay, I really want, like this morning it was cake. I'm going to be fully honest. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> and, you know, like I, I, it's not, intuitive eating is not like eating cake and burgers all day long. Because the more you allow those foods into your life, the less you crave them, which mm. is ironic. I know, the, it's crazy. Like the less you restrict all those things, the more they become normal to you. And the less you have to like eat them often. Yeah. So like this morning, I don't know why, like I just really wanted, it's like strawberry shortcake that we had. <laughs> and so I had a slice and it was delicious. And then for lunch, I had like this gorgeous salad with so many vegetables and chicken. And it was so, so yummy with homemade dressing. And then for supper, I don't know what I'm going to have, but whatever, I'll figure it out. Like it's just that stress-free, inclusive <laughs> way of eating that, allows everything and that respects the fact that you are craving certain things it's so beautiful and stress-free mm -hmm. it sounds amazing <laughs> yeah, i'm trying to implement as much as i can i know that for sure what you said about the cravings like if i i tell myself do you want this instead of oh no you can't eat this right now because that's too many calories or whatever yeah sometimes i want it sometimes i don't but if i try to tell myself that I'm not allowed to have it, then I go crazy and think about it all day. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Your brain doesn't like those rules. It's not made to follow rules. Yeah. So you're, you're basically, you know, you're going to want it even more when you, when you don't allow yourself to have it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's definitely something I'm working on right now. It's intuitive eating and, Uh, just a balanced approach to exercise too. And I think those go really hand in hand. Um, but yeah, so 
what do you see yourself doing in the next maybe five years? Do you have any projects in mind or yeah, what's your I'll, vision? I'll have, I'll have school, like I'll, gra- I'll have graduated from university and then I'm just going to keep being an influencer and model and yeah, we'll see where that goes. But Living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm, just, I'm not like, I don't believe that much in five-year plans because I feel like things can change, but I do have a, yeah. an overall vision and it's, pretty much what I'm doing right now but 10 times bigger <laughs> that's amazing yeah. it's, it's like Wayne Dyer he always says like have a plan but don't be overly attached to it because something better could even show up you never know <laughs> yeah. yeah well I'm so happy that we are friends and I really hope that people listening have learned I know for sure they have learned something from you and uh, I'll write all your your social media and then show notes so if you guys want to check her out i i'm sure you're gonna love her work and yeah yeah oh before you go yeah i have a question i ask all my guests Mm -hmm. at the very end is uh what is your definition of a goddess Mm, my definition of a goddess would be somebody who's that's a good start unapologetically Mm -hmm. herself and who empowers other people at the same time love it i love that (laughs) (laughs) definitely something i strive to do as much as i can yeah same is there anything else you want to add to conversation no but i would be really happy if you guys learned something and you can always DM me if you have questions or mm-hmm. any, any comments about eating disorders. You need to talk to somebody. I'm always here. So sweet. Well, thank you so much for being my guest today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Talk soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. So that's about it for the conversation. I hope you learned something new today. I'm sure you did. Catherine is very knowledgeable and wise. If you want to follow her on her socials, I will link everything in the description box. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so thankful to have you here with me today. Sending you all of the love, all of the light, and the Reiki energy. Bye!